You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Well, good morning, church. How's everyone this morning? You guys good? Well, thank you for singing me happy birthday. Up until that moment, um, there was only about four people in my life that called me Stevie. Um, my wife and about three lead pastors, actually call, uh, campus pastors call me Stevie, which is odd and weird, but we go with that. Uh, but from, from this day forth, Pastor Stevie. How about that, everyone? What a, what a day. <laughs> it is so good to have you here. Welcome to our online campus. Botany, one more time, can we say hello to our online campus joining with us? We still have hundreds of people uh, joining us in our online campus every single week. It's just a great joy to do that. Today we do begin week one of our brand new series, Outpouring, and this series is all about the person and work of the Holy Spirit. And it's really important, I think, coming off the back of the Ten Commandments series. We just spent ten weeks exploring the Ten Commandments of God, and it's really important that we go off the back of that into a series like this one, because you've got to understand that the Christian life is not just a life of keeping rules and regulations. The Christian life isn't just one of keeping all the commands and doing everything right and ticking all the boxes. The Christian life is one of life and freedom empowered by the Spirit of God. And so tonight we've got Revival Night starting here at Botany and across all our campus locations. We've got a good friend of mine, uh, Pastor Adam Ganey. He's coming up from Tauranga Freedom Church in Tauranga. This guy carries an old school revivalist heart and uh, moves powerfully in the Holy Spirit. And I want to encourage you to come tonight. Just come hungry. Uh, we're going to have an incredible time just seeking God and just believing Him just to pour out in greater measure in your life and in my life. I don't know if you've ever seen someone do a bungee jump before. Anyone watch someone do a bungee jump? If you watch a bunch of people do bungee jumps, you'll see there is a full range of expressions on the faces of the people who are about to do a bungee jump. You've got everything from crazy excited and looking forward to the jump to someone who's sort of excited but a little bit apprehensive to the person who wants to leave straight away. Now, whenever we do a series on the Holy Spirit, there's always a similar response with us in church. There's the old, cool, old school Pentecostals, revivalists, who are like, cannot wait for the Holy Spirit series. Finally. And then there's the people who've, you know, walked with Jesus for a while. You're like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Then there's the people who are new to faith, you're on a journey, and maybe you're like, I'm not so sure what this is all about, and maybe there's even people who've been hurt in certain ways in the life of a church before who are kind of like, I'm not sure at all that I want to go through with this. But I want to encourage you today, friends, we are going to do this by the book. And by the book, I mean we're going to follow the Word of God. And we're going to lean into what the Word of God teaches us about the person and work of the Holy Spirit. And my prayer is that we would come away from these three weeks closer to God, more empowered by Him to live the life that God is calling us to live. And so I want to explore what the Bible teaches us about the absolutely amazing person of the Holy Spirit and the essential importance that He plays in your life as a follower of Jesus, if you are a follower of Jesus today. John 14 uh, says this, and Jesus is talking. He's talking to His disciples, and He's talking about the coming of the Holy Spirit. He says, if you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and He will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. 
I love that passage. This is Jesus talking about the promise of the Holy Spirit. And the word he uses to describe, or the word he gives, the title that he gives to the Holy Spirit, in our translation, it's advocate. Other translations say helper, comforter, advocate. But the word advocate that Jesus uses is actually in the original translation, the original Greek language, it's the word paraclete. And this word paraclete is the word that Jesus uses to describe who the Holy Spirit is. And that word paraclete is actually a legal term. And it was a a name given to somebody who was an advocate in a legal context. They would plead, they would stand alongside you and plead your case for you before a judge. So they were like your legal representative. And so Jesus uses this word paraclete to describe the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, in some sense, would be our paracleton. He is the one that is with us, alongside us. He is the one who is advocating for us, for our betterment, for our freedom, for our righteousness. He is the one contending for you, for your freedom, and for your life in God. It's amazing that that's how Jesus describes the Holy Spirit, our advocate, our paraclete. And it's, I love that Jesus also says this in John 16, 7. He says, in fact, it's best for you that I go away. He's again talking to his disciples. It's best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate, the paraclete, he won't come. If I do go away, I will send him to you. Why is Jesus saying it's better that he goes and the Holy Spirit comes? Well, I think it's because two advocates are better than one. And because when Jesus went to heaven, guess what he's doing right now? He's advocating for you on the right hand of the Father. Bible says he sits at the right hand of the Father and he intercedes for you. So you have a heavenly paraclete in Jesus. And you also have a present paraclete right here, right now, with the Holy Spirit walking with you right here. You don't just have a heavenly one, you've got one with you and in you right now. How cool is that? That there is a paraclete, an advocate, Holy Spirit, who is present with you, who is advocating for you, fighting for you, contending for you. He is the one that is pleading your case to help you stand righteous before a judge. And at the beginning of the series, what I want to do is I want to look at four roles that the Holy Spirit plays in our lives. And my prayer is that this would encourage you. I pray this would help you understand who He is and His role and His function in your life. But more than that, I pray this inspires you and stirs you to have a greater hunger for the things of God in your life and a greater measure of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in your life. Is that okay? All right, we're going to teach and then I'm going to pray at the end. I'm just praying that God's going to move. Um, First one is this. The Holy Spirit comforts us. He comforts us. In that same passage, that same word advocate can be described comforter, helper, advocate, paraclete. It's the same, same meaning, same word. It's interesting to me as a parent, watching other parents parent. Watching how other parents raise their children, it's a fascinating ordeal. It's fantastic. And because we all think we're parenting the right way. We all think our parenting is the way it should be done. And we all shake our heads and tut, tut, tut at other parents who don't quite do it the same. Or we all go home and say, did you see how they disciplined their children? Oh my gosh, they're they're creating a monster. Like we all say, we all say the same thing behind closed doors. But it's interesting to see how parents comfort their children. So like a child bangs their knee. Little Johnny bangs his knees in the playground, bangs his knee, comes up, mama, 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 mama grabs him, oh, my baby, 
Oh, my sweet angel. Oh, what happened, darling, sweetie cakes? Come to mama. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Man, Lord, it's okay. It's okay. You just stay with mama. You stay with mama because oh, I got a boo-boo now. And baby angel, you just, mama's got it safe and you, you're going to be okay. You just stay with mama. There's one version of the comforting. And then there's the other parents. Little Johnny bangs his knee. Did you die? Is there blood? Did you pass out? Did Jesus appear to you? What's the problem? Get back out there. Very different styles of comfort. It's difficult, eh? Like, as a parent, when my kids, when they hurt themselves, they're playing, they're kicking a ball around, they hurt themselves, and they come to me and they need some comforting in that moment. And so, so you know, you, you do your best and you comfort them, and I want to comfort them, but my comfort is not to make them complacent. My comfort is not to make them withdraw and hold back. My comfort is not to protect them. My comfort is not there to make them cautious for life. My comfort is there to make them courageous. I comfort them because I want them to go again. I comfort them because I want to reassure them that when life knocks you down, you've got to get back up. I want to comfort them to let them know that they're not alone, but they can do it that they've got to get out there and they've got to take on the adventure and the danger and the, the dragon slaying life where you go out there and you go defeat some enemies and you conquer some mountains and you do win some battles along the way. Likewise, the comfort of the Holy Spirit is not to make you comfortable, it's to make you courageous in the uncomfortable. Comfortable Christianity leaves very, leaves very little room for and has very little need for the Holy Spirit. Comfortable Christianity, where we come to church and we sing a few songs and we tick a few boxes and we, 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 we read our Bibles from time to time, and, but we never step out, we never risk failure, we never trust God to the fullness of what He's calling us to do, we never actually put ourselves out there to maybe fail or to maybe mess up in, in pursuing what God has for us. It's a, it's a, it's a time, if the Holy Spirit's name is the comforter, if I'm totally comfortable, then I'm probably doing him out of a job. He's sitting on the sideline just waiting, waiting for Stevie to get uncomfortable. <laughs> In order to know the comfort of the Holy Spirit, you have to get uncomfortable from time to time. And I want to encourage you, if you want more of an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, maybe it's time to get uncomfortable. Maybe it's time to serve somebody. Maybe it's time to get outside of yourself and go, you know what, I'm going to use what God's given me to bless somebody. Maybe it's time to begin to give or begin to step out. Maybe it's time to begin to pray for that co-worker that you know would need some prayer. But I know it's scary and I know it's hard and I know it could mean a whole lot of things, but don't worry, you've got a comforter who's going to comfort you and give you courage in the midst of the uncomfortable. Maybe it's to get out there and share your faith with somebody or preach the gospel unashamedly. Get uncomfortable. You'll never know an outpouring of the Holy Spirit unless you're willing to get uncomfortable. The Holy Spirit, the paraclete, our advocate, He comforts us. He comforts us. The second thing is this. The Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. Ooh, it's a deep one. The Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. John 16, 8 says this. And when He comes, the Holy Spirit, He will convict the world of its sin 
and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. He will convict the world of its sin. Many years ago now, um, I led one of my very good friends to, to, to the Lord, and it was just an awesome moment. This is one of my friends who I'd grown up, grown up with, and he was so far from Jesus. Like, you know those friends, you're like, it'll take a miracle for that person to come to know Jesus and go to church. Let me tell you, it is possible. This friend of mine, he was so far from God. He was so far from church. He was like a man's man, a lad's lad. He was out there. And, you know, you're, I'm always praying for my friends and my family that have come to know Jesus. And, the, you know, the hope that I've found, I mean, I want them to have the hope that I've found. And it was this awesome moment where he called me and he had this random encounter with God where God just showed up in his world. And he called me, he says, Steve-O, uh, or Stevie, um, he said, <laughs> Uh, he, said, he said, I think God just showed up in my life and I need to talk to you about it. I need to, what do I do with this? And so I, we, we, I catch up and we can begin talking. And, and uh, long story short, in his living room, uh, in one evening, I think it was a Sunday evening, we, we got on our knees and we just began to, I just began to lead him into, in a prayer to come to know Jesus. And God showed up in his life and it just transformed him radically. One of the greatest joys of my life was just this moment, so, so great. And um, he got on fire for Jesus. He got on fire. But you've got to understand this. He was so far from a Christian that he knew nothing about anything. He just knew God showed up and he needed Jesus. And so he'd never read the Bible. He didn't know anything. He didn't know what like, the Christian rules were. He didn't know you weren't supposed to swear. He didn't know anything, nothing. So he's brand new, never heard or read the Bible before in his life, but he's brand, brand new. Two weeks later, we're catching up, and he's, God has just like wrecked him. He's just, God's just shown up in his life. He's been going to church. It's like the most amazing thing. And, and, but he doesn't know you're not supposed to swear yet. So he's telling me about all that God's doing in his life. And every fifth word is an expletive. <laughs> Bleep, Steve. Jesus has put so much love in my heart. Bleep, it's amazing. It's bleeping awesome. And he's just, he's just letting fire. I'm wetting myself. I'm like laughing so hard. And then in my head, I'm like, I need to tell him you're not supposed to swear. I need to tell him. This poor guy, he doesn't, all he knows is that God is real, God loves him, God showed up in his life, and he, but he just doesn't know. So he's just like bleeping this and bleeping that, and he's crying about how much Jesus loves him and swearing at me at the same time. And I'm like, man, I've got to tell this guy. And I felt in that moment that the Lord just like spoke to my heart and just said, don't tell him. The Lord said, I'll tell him. Don't you tell him, I'll tell him. Because what, what I find sometimes is, the Lord will do that work because if we put on people what we want them to have, it's too heavy. It's too much. So trust God's timing in some of this stuff, right? And, and, so, and so I just felt God told me to shut up and not tell him. And then two weeks later, he calls me. He's like, Steve-O, why didn't you tell me when I was supposed to swear? He's like, I was in church and the pastor told me off. I'm not my fault, just take it up with the big guy. <laughs> but God began to work in him, right? And, and began to convict him of what was going on in his life. And it's the Holy Spirit that convicts us of our sin. And I, what I love about Jesus is that you can come to him just as you are. Like you're messed up, you're broken. Some of you even come into church today, this is your first time in church in a long time, and you're going, man, I, I've been trying to clean myself up because I know I've got to come back to church. No, just come. Just come. You don't have to clean yourself up. If you could fix yourself, you would have fixed yourself by now. 
If you had dealt with this stuff, you would have dealt with it by now. That's why you come to Jesus just as you are, but praise God, you don't stay as you are. Because the work of the Holy Spirit is to begin to convict you of the sin in your life so that you can be better, you can grow. The work of the Spirit, He convicts us of our sin so that we will be led towards holiness. Another, another name for the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of holiness. He leads us towards holiness. He's not the Spirit of happiness. He's the Spirit of holiness. You can't be holy and happy too, by the way. Get the holiness first and you'll be incredibly happy. But you're, being your paracleton, being your advocate, it means that he not, listen, you got to understand this. He's not just your paraclete, he's not just your advocate that fights all your battles for you. He fights the battles in you. Don't get it mis- messed up. Your advocate is not standing there going, okay, Stevie, leave it with me. I'm going to go sort this one out for you. No, he's going, hey, Stevie, there's some stuff in you I need to sort out. There's some stuff in you we need to fight those battles. He's not just contending for your external battles. He's contending for your victory over sin in your life. That's his job as your advocate. He's advocating for your holiness. He's advocating for your righteousness. He's advocating for your freedom from the stuff and the junk in your life. If you desire more of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in your life, it may just come in the form of conviction. And then it may follow with obedience to the conviction that the Holy Spirit lays on your life. And I don't know what you're journeying through in your life today, but maybe even right now there is some conviction of God from the Holy Spirit that's saying, come closer to me, deal with the stuff, repent of this, get free from this, that you could experience more of an outpouring in your life. The Holy Spirit, the paraclete, our advocate, he convicts us. We don't like that one so much, but he does. Number three, you guys ready? You still with me? Amen, it's my birthday week, you better be with me. (laughs) Number three, the Holy Spirit teaches and directs. He teaches and directs. John 14, 26, it says, but when the Father sends the advocate, the paraclete, as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. If you're a Bible underliner, underline and will remind you of everything I've told you. I'm quite a disorganized person naturally. That's just the way I am. I'm, I'm not naturally organized. I forget stuff. I forget days, times, dates. I forget appointments. I forget events that happen. I forget people's names. I forget, I'm just not that organized and structured. But praise God, I married the polar opposite of me. And my wife is so organized that she has a list for her list. Not just a list, but there's a list about a list with a to-do list, highlighters, all kinds of administrative tools that she uses. It's amazing. So I'm, I'm not that organized or, or, or you know, uh, organized is the word. <laughs> so for me, my calendar is really important. Like setting stuff in my calendar on my like Google calendar on my phone or whatever. Setting stuff in my calendar is really important because if I don't have it in my calendar, I won't remember. And what, what my appointments in my calendar do is they remind me of the action that I need to take. They give direction to my life and direction to my day because I see it and I remind, it reminds me that's what I need to do. That's the appointment I need to show up to. That's the meeting I need to take. That is the, the, the message I have to write. Those, th- those things for me give me direction to my life because they are reminders of what I need to do. And so often the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives is to remind us to live the life 
that Jesus called us to live. That, that passage says, he will remind you of everything that Jesus taught you. So the Holy Spirit will remind you to live the life that Jesus called you to live. It's that nudge you feel to pray for that person. That's him reminding you to live the life that Jesus called you to live, to pray for those around you, to think outside yourself. It's that nudge you feel to go and see that person or to be generous in some way He's reminding you of what Jesus taught us to do when we live, which is to, it's better to give than to receive, and that we are blessed to be a blessing. When he reminds you to tell that person, go tell that person that God loves them. Go share your story with them. He's reminding us of what Jesus taught us to do and how he taught us to live, to go into all the world and proclaim the gospel. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. This is the work of the Holy Spirit to remind us and to nudge us and to direct us to live the life that Jesus called us to live. He will never lead you to do something that Jesus said not to do because the Spirit testifies of the Son. And the Spirit will only do and tell you what the Son has already told you. So he's the one that reminds us to live the life that Jesus called us to live. So for me, often the Holy Spirit's leading and directing, his nudging. It's kind of like a nudge, it's like a reminder. For me, it comes in the form of like people. He reminds me of people. So very often when I'm in my time with God in the mornings, I'll just have someone randomly just come up like in my heart. I'll just, like, I'll just thinking of this person. It's just the Holy Spirit reminding me of somebody. And so I, in that moment, I pray for that person. I just ask God, you know, to lead me in that moment and what, what he wants me to pray for, if there's something going on. And then I always just shoot them a quick message, like a me, on Messenger or on text message or whatever. Hey, dude, or whatever. Uh, praying for you, just God's got you on my heart today. Hope everything's all good. Uh, God bless you. Praying for you today, man. And I said, just something real simple like that, send that out. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is reminding me to live the life that Jesus called me to live, not for Steve, not for what I want, not for what I can get out of this thing, but to love people and bless people and serve people and give to people, encourage people and speak words of life over people. So I do those things. It's amazing to me how many times I get a message back going, how did you know to pray for me today? Why are you praying for me today? Like, this is outrageous. Why? Because exactly what they needed from God is what they got in that morning, not because of me, but because I followed the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit in that moment. Friends, if you want to see more of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in your life, be obedient to the reminders. Be obedient to the reminders. You know, it's even those reminders to not say something. You know those moments when you're in the lunchroom and, and there's a joke going on? or there's something going on, and you're like, I'm going to say it. Or, or like someone's annoyed you, like, here it comes. And then the Holy Spirit's like, don't you say that. And you've got to wrestle with them, because you're like, I really want to. That's a reminder to live the life that Jesus taught us to live, that power of life and death is in the tongue, and that we are to speak words of life. So you've got to listen and be obedient to the nudge, to the leading and the prompting of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, our paraclete, our advocate, he directs us. And I want to encourage some of you today, you've been feeling a leading of the Holy Spirit to go and tell someone about Jesus, to pray for somebody, to pray for the sick, to, to uh, share your story with somebody, or to give something to somebody. You just feel this leading of God to do that, but you haven't done it yet. If you want to experience the outpouring of God, be obedient to the leading. 
be obedient to what he's calling you to do. The fourth thought I have is this. The fourth thing, uh, function of the Holy Spirit is this. Number four, the Holy Spirit empowers. Ben, you guys can come and join me. The Holy Spirit empowers. Acts 1.8, this is like one of the most famous verses about the Holy Spirit. Jesus talking again, he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the very ends of the earth. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit was the birth of the church. The catalyst moment that has led you and I to here at 159 Botany Road or wherever you're sitting online today in 2022, singing songs about Jesus and sitting under the word of God and hearing about the Holy Spirit and praying for people. The thing that led us to this moment was prophesied, was, was given to us by Jesus in Acts 1, where he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then on the day of Pentecost, Following that moment when the believers are waiting and they're meeting together, they're just waiting because Jesus said, don't go anywhere. Wait until you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the paraclete. Wait till he comes. When he comes, you're going to have power to live the life that I've called you to live and to share the gospel and to preach the word of God and to live empowered. Wait for it. And then the Holy Spirit comes on the day of Pentecost and the, the, the Bible says the room was shaken like a violent wind and tongues of fire came and rested down and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. So you can, you, can, uh, you can have the Holy Spirit with you and you can have him in you. And this moment is where they got him in them. And he filled the believers and they begin to speak in tongues and prophesy and the gifts of the Holy Spirit begin to manifest. And then all of a sudden there's this boldness in that crew, a boldness that they never had before. Think about all the disciples and their journey with Jesus. And you think about Peter who, but just after Jesus' uh, betrayal, he's in the, in, in the courtyard and he denies Jesus three times before a young lady. And then next minute he receives power from the Holy Spirit and he gets up off that moment in Acts chapter 2 and he preaches the, one of the first spirit, the, the first spirit-filled sermon that was ever preached. And then 3,000 people got saved and joined the church. If you don't like big church, you would have hated Acts chapter 2. 3,000 people get saved. People repenting, people being baptized, the church is added, boom. Next minute, missionaries being sent out, people being saved, miracles happening. The church blowing up, expanding throughout Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria to the very ends of the it, There's an advancement that comes when you receive the Holy Spirit. No longer just for Jerusalem, but Judea, Samaria, and to the very ends. It is an expanding territory when you receive the Holy Spirit. He helps you to take ground you've never had before. And they have, they're bold. The life God calls you to live, friends, is an empowered one. It's empowered. He doesn't just say, hey, follow me in your own strength. He doesn't just say, hey, come and live the way I've called you to live, but do it you know, off your own back, with your own energy, with your own drive, with your own intensity. He says, follow me and I'm, and I'm going to give you something that's going to help you, the paraclete, the advocate. He's going to fight for you. He's going to advocate for you. He's going to contend for you. He's going to help you. He's going to comfort you. He's going to convict you. He's going to empower you to live the life I'm calling you to live. 
How easy is it to follow Jesus? It's not easy at all. It's really hard. If you've, if you've walked with Jesus for any length of time, you'll realize there's a much easier way to live than to follow Jesus. That's why he didn't call you to live it on your own. He called you to live it empowered by the Holy Spirit. I wonder if you're living defeated today in your faith. Are you living defeated or are you living empowered? Are you living ashamed of the gospel or are you living bold for Jesus? What I'd love to do uh, today as we kind of set up this series and the next three weeks of Revival Nights is I'd love to take a few moments to pray. I want to pray for all of us here today. I want to pray that there would be an increased hunger for the things of God, but I want to pray that there'd be just a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit, that you'd walk out of this place today, not walking in your own strength, but walking in the power of God. It's a game changer. It's a game changer. Can we bow our heads just for a moment? God of heaven, I thank you for every person here in this church. Thank you for every person that's with us online in their homes. And that, God, you don't call us to live this life in our own power and our own strength, but you call us to live it full and free with the outpouring of your Holy Spirit. So right now, across this room and in every home that's watching, I ask for a fresh outpouring of your Holy Spirit upon every single life. That those who call on your name, Jesus, those that are saved would know the power of God at work in them. Help us, Lord, to trust you. Help us to follow your leading. Help us to know your comfort as we step out for you. Reveal to us where we need to change and the sin we need to repent of. And help us to live empowered, O oh God. I pray in the name of Jesus that we would not be a company of people that live just by our own strength, but live according to the Spirit of God. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Just with your eyes still closed and every head bowed, if you're here today um, and you don't know Jesus or your life is not right with God, I would love to give you an opportunity to get right with Him today. The truth is, friends, that God loves you, God made you, God's got a great plan for your life. We all mess up, we all fall short of God's standard. The Bible calls that sin, and our sin, it separates us from God. God in His grace sent His own Son, Jesus, to a cross. When He died on that cross, He took upon Himself the payment you and I would do for our sin. And He conquered death in the grave, and He rose again to new life, and He extends to every single person here today. No matter what you've done, no matter where you're from, no matter what your background or your story, He extends to you His grace, a gift of grace, forgiveness for all your wrongs, a brand new life that begins right here, right now. You get to walk into the plans of God for you, and then, friends, there's a great promise of eternity in heaven with Him. And if you're here today and your life is not right with God, maybe you don't know Jesus or you know Him, but you're far from Him today, I want to invite you to pray a very simple prayer with me. I'll pray this out loud. You pray it with me in your heart. When you pray it, I want you to mean it with everything you've got. Are you ready? If you're not right with God, this is your prayer. Just say these words in your heart. Say, God, today, I surrender my life to you. I know I've sinned, I know I've messed up, but I believe Jesus, you died for me. So right now, I turn from my old life and I turn to you. I ask you to come in and be the Lord of my life today. Take the throne. I choose to make you the Lord of my life today. In Jesus' name. Just with your eyes still closed and every head bowed, really quickly, I want you to be super brave. If you pray that prayer and you meant it, 
either for the very first time or you're getting right with God today, I want you to be really brave. I'm going to count to three. When I get to three, if you pray that prayer, I want you to put your hand up nice and high so I can see it. I'm not going to embarrass you, nothing like that. All I'll do is I'll see you, acknowledge you, and you can put your hand straight back down. This is one little step of faith, a little bit of action to the decision you made. Are you ready on the count of three? One, two, three. Hands up nice and high. Online, you can click a button that says, I raised my hand. Awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Awesome. Amazing, amazing. Anyone else? Online. We see you online. Click that button that says, I raised my hand. Count me in. Saying yes to Jesus today. Starting a brand new life with Him. Awesome. Well, God, we thank you so much for what you're doing in this house. We thank you for those lost loved ones who've just come back to you. I pray that you'd fill them with your Holy Spirit. I pray that they would know the full, free, and abundant life that you have for them, Jesus. We bless them now as a church. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church, let's put our hands together for those people. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz